0: This is a Wet and Juicy Soul Fire production. People been talking, talking Talking about about people. I hear them whisper. How's it
1: going? You won't believe
0: it. They think we're lovers, kept undercover.
1: They keep
0: saying we laugh just a little, little too loud, stand just, just a little too close. close. We stare just, just a little too long. long. Maybe they're seeing something we don't, darling. Let's give them something to talk about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting balance between our OK Bay music and that. <laughs>
0: I was trying to figure out a way to sync it up, but whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not a mix between Fergie and mm. Jesus. So, are you sure? I mean, in some ways, probably. I didn't. I don't know Jesus, but I feel like Jesus and I would have got along.
1: I don't know Jesus.
0: I mean, I know, I, I. you know, I, got, um, I was According to
1: your and, mother, you know Jesus because you have him inside of your leave heart. Leave
0: the door open just a little bit. <laughs> just leave the door you know, open. She to...
1: legit says this shit, and I love Robin more than anything. She's now my mom. Um, but she says this stuff whenever we're with her about Connor leaving his heart open for Jesus, and I just can't.
0: I'm like, even, the if, even, if, even if the door is closed, he can, he can knock, you know, Yeah. excuse me, sir. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What if, what if next, remember whenever uh, Dutch took a piss on the, on the, what is it called? The scene in front of a church during Christmas time?
1: Oh, the nativity scene. Yeah. Nat- <laughs> what
0: if I, what if I text my mom on the next time we drive to Texas for Christmas and I say, mom, I found Jesus. And she'll be like, oh my God. And then I just bring her the Jesus from that nativity scene in the church. <laughs>
1: You're such a piece of shit. It was
0: like it's like mixing Christmas with Easter. I just found it. I found I c- it in a field.
1: So lately I've been asking Connor if he's excited to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we drive past all these signs. If you drive out to East Colorado, you see so many signs that's like, choose life. Or like, are you going to heaven or hell? Often mixed in with like, it's like Trump country where people just like put these signs up. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, shaming you into doing what they want you to do. Yeah. But so, it's really funny because every time I walk by, every time I drive by them, I and I drive by them a lot. I see those things everywhere. Everywhere. Every time you drive East, they're all over the place. And I'm just like, God damn it. It's a lot. <laughs> it's so obnoxious. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should just put up a uh, an ad that's like, have you found Buddha yet? Oh. Uh-huh. I'm <laughs> not- just do a bunch of different ones. Like every okay, other in between. Can I
1: tell you something? So for your birthday in December, I was looking for your birthday present for this month. And I was trying to come up with like really cool different ideas for things to do for you. And I looked at how much it would be to rent a billboard. Because I was going to get like a Connor Wanders billboard done. <laughs>
0: that would be so fucking funny. Um,
1: which I couldn't decide if you would think was super awesome or the worst, most embarrassing idea ever. But either way, I felt like I was going to win. But they're really exciting expensive so I didn't do it it was I wonder like if they're
0: effective thousands and thousands of dollars
1: according to all the billboard websites <laughs> they're extremely
0: effective <laughs> I put they're effective for a podcast it's like if it's, if it's by the if it's by has, i-70 but here's the thing
1: like, I was I, the reason I was thinking this was who the fuck has a billboard as a podcaster I've never seen a podcast billboard and I thought that would be the coolest shit
0: we could do one for Soulfire. we should do
1: one for be fun, it'd be fun to be like
0: search search uh Fire productions in your apple podcast
1: so. <coughs>
0: really get it get, clean it up kelly I'm jesus sorry. christ
1: um Anyways, i think it's that duck
0: you fed me yeah right that duck was stuck in my throat beautiful. it was so good that was majestic that was a majestic meat i gave you i give you so much just majestic meat kelly. i love your
1: majestic meat we're so, actually going to talk about your majestic meat today oh and how i got to meet him for the first time <laughs> to meet the meat <laughs> So we um, obviously get quite a few DMs from listeners, and a lot of you have asked to hear our story from the very beginning, because I realized after hearing this request so many times that we haven't really told that story. We've told it in parts in multiple different shows, but if people don't listen to all of our shows, both on yours and mine and Okay Babe, they've never got the full rundown. So...
0: Yeah, we haven't talked about it in a long time. No,
1: so we're going to give you from... The very beginning, the story of us.
0: But before we do that, we got to talk about uh, Get Psyched.
1: Yay! Let's talk about Lindsay.
0: Yes, Lindsay. So here's here's the way I explain Get Sight. Is that she is essentially what the realness used to be, but better. Yeah. <laughs> she, like, she's feel, way more awesome than you. She filled the va- she filled the vacuum that the, that the realness left behind when I decided that politics were a more valuable use of my time than talking about self-help and then also added a uh being a licensed therapist as well to that whole mix and just being funny. We yeah. have a very similar sense of humor. So if you think that I'm funny, which some people tend to do, um not Kelly at all. <laughs> <laughs> ever, but it's, re- yeah, she's, she's fun. And she's still, if you thing die,
1: if you die, I'm just going to be a lesbian with Lindsay. Cause that's like the closest I'll ever be to you.
0: That is 1 million percent true.
1: Anyways, what were you saying?
0: Um, <laughs> I, now I've just had that visual in my head and it makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'm
1: sorry. Um, it's so funny because you Lindsay is your best friend in the whole world and when Lindsay came to stay here obviously she was naked in our house because she was staying in the guest room taking a shower and Hunter asked where's Lindsay? And I'm like she's upstairs showering. He's like oh god she's naked in my house? Oh, <laughs> I was like Jesus.
0: Did I say that? Yes. Oh that's funny. In
1: like a funny way but it was also you were kind of grossed out and I thought it was really cute. <laughs> I love Lindsay and the way she's doing this show because I think that a lot of therapists or as it says here in her bio marriage and family therapist associate Lindsay Locke um, I think a lot of therapists aren't super approachable and they don't make these conversations fun or interesting at all and Lindsay like you said has a great personality she's super funny she's seen a lot of shit she's been through a lot in her life and she really does a nice job of weaving all of that in and meeting people where they are and bringing interesting conversations that you're just not going to get elsewhere and she really pushes the boundaries boundaries in those conversations and she gets really really real and I just appreciate how she kind of blends all these different things together whether it's sex relationships trauma functional medicine different holistic wellness practices working out all these different things so that you have a very well-rounded approach to your own mental health and personal development
0: yeah it's fun and and she's honestly one of the, the most requested and hyped up guests that have ever been on any of my shows at all same so everyone just, loved her on my podcast her so much so if it, proof is in the pudding there go check out get psyched the link is going to be in the show notes of this show and if you do dig it make sure to leave a review you know subscribe share do all the things just do hit all the buttons do all the things and just feel good about yourself knowing that you are helping bolster someone's upcoming career where they'll make millions of dollars on only fans potentially wow
1: sorry Lynn. <laughs> Okay, so I'm a big fan
0: of OnlyFans millionaires. Only, f- I, I, kind Before we get into this, I just want to just. I'm on the microphone for the first time today. I'm gonna do my Connor Wander show later, so I have. But I'm just. I'm, I'm boiling over now. Right now, was just. I, I feel like I've been wading through on my show, on Connor Wanders, I've been wading through the darkness of humanity for a year, Mm -hmm. almost. And I was already feeling it before that, and it's very heavy. And right now, we have a bunch of regular fucking people bankrupting hedge funds, and I've never been more hopeful for our future seeing that all these little people out there that are fucking unemployed out of no fault of their own were like, can make enough money to put a down payment on a house in two weeks and just manipulate the market and be like, see, this has always been bullshit. This has always been bullshit. And we got TikTok people being, making millions of dollars. We got girls on OnlyFans doing $50,000 a month. I'm like, you know what? This is the way to get the power back. We're doing it right now and I'm fucking excited for everybody. So if you're out there making money on fucking Nokia or GameStop, like I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Keep crushing. I'm gonna try and jump into this in the morning and we'll see how it goes. But this is a, this is a really cool time to be alive. And I did not think I'd be saying that in 2021. I was had, had, I had bleak, a bleak outlook on our future. And right now we're leveraging the instability as people and I'm fucking stoked for it. So that's, that's my little rant on what's happening right now in the world. Very excited.
1: I just I text my friend Katie Calder last night because she's very into seeing how all this plays out and whatnot from a spiritual sense. But I was like, girl, this is the fucking uprising. Like this is what we've been waiting for. This is this is where it's happening. Nothing is hidden anymore. Nothing goes hidden like it is all being uncovered in every part of the system. And it's really cool to watch because as much as it feels like things are falling apart, this is why and how it has to happen in order for us to have a different way of life, period.
0: Yeah. And and how how the, the powers that be handle this will say everything. Oh yeah, everything. Well, you
1: it's better like, oh. not handle this like Coco and yeah. just run us into the ground.
0: <laughs> oh, it's like oh you're gonna keep you're gonna keep people that are unemployed for making money in the stock market now, but everybody can trade. Everybody, it's and this is a funny thing is like they're like hey, you know if you don't like Twitter and Facebook's moderation, make a new app. Well, we saw how that happened with parlor. It's like well now we have a situation where everybody can trade uh, in securities and it's like cool. Well now you're getting shut down. And you can't you can't buy because it's it's volatility in the market. And I'm like well these hedge funds. Make Tanking, putting big, like bankrupting businesses on their, Like, this is karma. Yeah. This is, this is a karmic cycle. This is what's, ha- this is what happens. Ooh, woo woo Connor comes when you, out to when play. You, It is. It very much is. It's like, listen, you can only do this for so long. This doesn't matter. Like, the right is somebody was arguing with me the other day about not arguing, but saying like the Industrial Revolution create, like, has impo- positively impacted the world, um, in numerous ways, right? Like, going on and on. And I'm like, yes. And the Industrial Revolution, like, these are both true. The Industrial Revolution created the rise of socialism because. of the way that workers were treated it also gave us the 40-hour work week without mandatory overtime time and a half pay and weekends (laughs) you know what i'm saying like all those things happened at the same time like so many things can be true at one time so it's really interesting to see how this is all playing out i'm very excited for it.
1: yeah same i think this is only going to be good for everyone involved
0: I think so as well, very stoked. Full stoked right now. Full, Full stoked.
1: Stoke. Um, okay, well, Con, I where should we begin?
0: Um says Esther Perel. Where were you at emotionally, <laughs> physically, spiritually, metaphysically in the ethers um bef- like when we first engaged in dialogue?
1: Who? <laughs> well, I um I told my friends yesterday that I am a lesbian in a extremely healthy uh stable hetero relationship. And they were like, how does that make you feel? I said, pretty fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Back to two years ago, literally, it was like two years ago. Almost our anniversary, babe. I was swearing off relationships. I was like, this shit sucks. I was coming out of a really uncomfortable, sad breakup. And I didn't want anything to do with dating, nothing. I was really ready to dive into my spirituality, my personal development. I had been in that for a bit and healing from chronic illness and all those things. But I had kind of come to a place where I felt like I was hitting a wall. Everywhere I went, I couldn't really get more access to what I felt like I needed to see for myself. And so I really wanted to do ayahuasca for the first time. So I was just in a huge transition and shift in my life. Definitely not looking for love. What about you, babe?
0: Um, I was was I was just having a good time. I had been in California for what? Four months at the time. My business was doing a little better. I was figuring things out. I was making pretty fun YouTube videos. I was working a lot. I was learning how to, I was learning a lot of new skills. I was dating a couple of people, um, casually, you know, just having a good time drinking a lot of coffee. Living at Phils, living at Phils and Better Buzz, depending on Damn. you know what my vibe was that day. Miss it. I know I do miss Phils. Um, as cliche as that is, we're such basic bitches. Yeah, uh, okay, it was really. Karen. It was like, yeah, I really wasn't. But I had made a commitment to myself two years earlier that I wasn't going to try and find anybody. I was like, I'm just going to do me the best that I can do. And try. I also knew that I wasn't stable enough in my life to really be in like a healthy relationship with somebody else who wasn't, it didn't compensate for my lack of stability. Right. And we can get into that in a little bit, but it was really, it wasn't something I was expecting or looking for, but I also had a feeling that I wasn't going to like look for some, I wasn't going to do this whole, like call in my fucking twin flame like, oh, I need to, I'm, 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 I'm setting a purpose to, like, find a soul. Like, that fucking bullshit. And when, when men talk about that, I want to punch them in the face, to be honest with you. Like, I have such an issue, and this is an, an aside, but men's coaches that speak like that make me throw up my mouth a little bit. I'm like, dude, you're a fucking man. Generate stability in your life. Behave and express yourself in a way that is genuine. And you will attract women that resonate with you. That's how you do it. Okay. I'm not saying that I'm a pro at this, but I've been doing, I've been in this game for a long time. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have dated a lot of really interesting women because I put myself in that frame of mind. And if you want to say I called it in or whatever, I was like, I'm just going to date a bunch of interesting people that I find interesting and see what resonates with me the most. I like went into this like time of my life where I'd been in fucked up relationships that either I had blown up or I'd, I had dated somebody who blew it up, which was, also on me. It's like uh, JP Sears said this before he went uh, total red pill. He was talking about narcissism and he said one of the most <laughs> challenging things to confront yourself with is not asking yourself why a narcissist chose you, but why you chose to be in a relationship with a narcissist. Like, why were you the perfect fit for a narcissistic relationship? And I was on both sides of that and I had to conf- I had to be confronted with that by my own design as, okay, I was in a really fucked up relationship where I wasn't the asshole right after I was a relationship in a, in a really fucked up relationship where I was the asshole you cool. So there's a lot of learning in both of those. And those two relationships, which were the yin and the yang of my life that lasted almost the exact same amount of time and ended in almost the equally destructive ways, right? With two people that could not be more opposite physically, mentally, emotionally, like <laughs> on every part of the spectrum, like gave me enough context on myself to go pump the fucking brakes, dude. And date without, without attachment, without feeling like, oh, I need to marry this person or whatever, like all the baggage that I'd carried about the kind of woman that I was supposed to end up with, I'm like, I'm done with this because it's it's only led me down the wrong direction, right? I'm like, I'm either dating this girl if I'm being really honest with myself for relevance or whatever is attached to our relationship, not for the actual relationship itself, or I'm with this one because it's what my mom told the kind of girl that my mom told me I should date when I was growing up. Mm. And it was like I just got to I got to shake all this stuff and it's going to take time, and that means I've got to go experience experiences and experience people and do the best I can to like create positive Interactions and just generate more context, but it's because I also believe that your free will is limited by the amount of context you have. If you don't, if you don't have the context or the experience of something, then you don't know you can choose that thing. If that thing is not possible for you because you don't have, you don't know that that is even one of the selections or something you can select as a, as a choice. Yeah. So if you don't know that you don't have that. So that's your free will is limited by your level of experience and your level of context on the world. So I was like, I'm just going to broaden the fuck out of my experience. That's That's what my coaching practice was. That's what was like one of my fundamental beliefs. I'm like, I've applied this in so many different areas of my life besides this one. And that's where I'm at. And maybe that had like run its course right whenever we started talking. And I was like, okay with it at that point. But if it would have been six months earlier, probably wouldn't have worked a year earlier, definitely wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. So, and even maybe a little bit later wouldn't have happened. It was like the right timing. I had a little bit more stability in my life than I had had previously. So things were moving, like trending in the right direction um, as far as that goes. So I felt a little bit more um, capable of being in a healthy relationship, which is I I wouldn't let myself, I wouldn't open myself up to a relationship unless I knew I was in a place financially or emotionally where I was capable of being in a healthy relationship because I'd always been in denial about that. And I was fucking 26, 27. You know what I mean? It's like, I thought I knew, but most we 26 year think olds know, think they yeah. know what the hell is going on. Like yeah. there's no, there's no person in the world more dangerous than a 26 year old. <laughs> it's like Cause you, you've lived enough where you think you know things, but you don't know shit. True. True. Uh, unless you had like a really rough upbringing then 26 year olds have that kind of life or more like 40 year olds. So that's, that's where I was at pretty much.
1: Yeah. So My team had reached out to Connor and it was his birthday two years ago, so almost to the date, and wanted to pitch me to be on his show.
0: Because you had found me searching ayahuasca pods.
1: Correct. I had been looking for ayahuasca, found your podcast, binged, listened to so many shows, told my team. I was like, reach out to this guy. So my team sends you an email and Connor, take it away.
0: It was a really poorly written email. Like it was, I mean, literally the tagline, the, the, whatever the (laughs) title was or whatever go. subject line was said, a local celebrity, Kelly Tennant would like to be on your show or something like that. I mean, I can probably pull it up. Let me see if I can find it. I'm going to just search local celebrity, Kelly Tennant. Okay. Let's see what comes up. He says
1: he's going to put this inside of our (laughs) vows,
0: which I really hope he does. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. um... (laughs) I fucking hate you. Okay, the subject line. I was wrong about the subject line. TV broadcaster ditches the Dodgers for the health of it. Oh
1: Jesus <laughs> Christ! That's even worse.
0: Solid pun there. Um, oh man, <laughs> Connor, your podcast has been super important to local celebrity Kelly Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly would like to inspire your listeners oh, with her unique journey into helping others with authentic conversations in service of healing emotionally and physically. For the record, Avenue Assistant. <laughs> but this is like this is this isn't. Out of, the, out of the out of the norm. Oh, this is like, a, this pitch is a normal piece pitching email. We get these all the time. So she went from glam TV broadcaster in front of millions for the Lakers and the Dodgers, being called crazy for ditching this dream job, taking the toxic makeup off and putting her health and her best self first. She's championing over chronic pain and years of endless health battles, no longer hiding her journey in front of the camera, but instead crushing it as the leader for others searching for answers in health and wellness. Kelly only asked to collab with those who she strongly aligns with. and we'd be proud to work with you. Uh, Her one sheet is attached. Let's connect her loyal following combined over 54K across platforms (laughs) to, to your podcast. Check out how Kelly's helping women to make better decisions through their lives and recent support she's working with, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then I responded and said, Hey, Carrie, <laughs> thanks for reaching out. I hope you're having an awesome day. I do get these guest requests pretty often, and I'd like to know if Kelly or yourself has ever actually listened to the realness. We do talk consciousness, personal development, and growth, but not without a fair amount of ridiculous banter about sex, dating, psychedelics, and general ridiculousness. I feel this is important to know before we get on the mics and start chatting. In this situation, I'd love to do a podcast swap and come on the platform as well, which is Kelly's old show. Um, I feel that I could bring as much to her audience as she would bring to mine on top of the <laughs> fact that I feel th- think it would be fun as hell, which is the most important thing. Lastly, I do all my shows in person. So yada yada yada. Okay.
1: So at this point you're thinking there's no way she's ever listened to the show. That
0: actually wasn't as dickish as I thought it It was. It wasn't, I know. I thought it was actually more of a dick. It was kind of a dick. And then she says, she sent Kelly's quote, says please let me So no, so
1: my assistant forwards this to me and goes, let me know what you want me to do with this. And I read it and I start laughing and I'm like, oh hold on, honey. So, what did and I then, say?
0: And Kelly, she sends Kelly's response. I wish, to, why didn't you just respond, by the way? That would have been the most like grown up thing to do. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you just give it to somebody. Here's my response send it to them. Um, Over delegating there, Kelly. Uh, please <laughs> let Connor know I love his show. I actually just finished this episode with Mike Blesso and Anat Perry and loved part one on ayahuasca. Need to start part two today. I'm heading to Santa Cruz for my first ceremony at the end of February. And she talks about the, yeah, just the serious and importance of experience. And the childhood trauma conversation is one I have often and carry- deeply about it's refreshing to hear men talk about it also i appreciate his banter swearing and open responses especially when he's answering caller questions i have a mouth of a sailor so hell fucking yes it was really cute it was a cute so then we got then we started scheduling after that um and i apologize for being kind of a dick but it was really it was really you're like, like sorry i get a lot of bullshit and i was like i totally understand it was I do, he is just and then so many i normally would have just deleted that email mm-hmm. i was just feeling a little froggy that day well it was
1: your birthday so yeah
0: you're... i was actually about to i was about to hand, head to san diego to go have some beers and then after that, I followed you on Instagram. We started DMing all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. So we DMed, we DM'd, we DMed. It started off incredibly innocent and just like friends. I didn't feel like either of us were trying to like get in each other's pants. It was like really just kind of having conversations. Yeah. I mean, I do. only sent
0: you a picture of my dick like once a week. Yeah.
1: Which was a lot less than normal. So I was like, oh yeah, he only wants to be friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So then Connor asks for my number. He DMs me and says, can I have your number? And I said very quickly, by the way, no.
0: (laughs) No, I was like, oh God. No,
1: period. (laughs) And I just sat there. And you know when you're waiting to watch someone respond and you're waiting to see the three dots. And I literally just held my phone in front of my face for however fucking long it took you to get your shit together after being denied so brutally. I just waited and waited and smiled and waited. I was in
0: my kitchen like, (laughs) God. God damn it. Because I was like, I don't know if this girl's like into me or what. I was asking my friends, like sending screenshots to people. I was like, I'm just confused. I don't know. We
1: were playing games from day one, babe. Yes, yes, we were. So then I think you say something like, oh, okay. And then I said, just kidding. Here you go. And I sent him my number. So then we started texting and voice messaging. We never got on the phone for six weeks. Yeah. So we started messaging and we really connected after I got back from the ayahuasca retreat because I was having a really hard time with integration and I was shaking. My whole body was physically shaking for about 10 days. And I didn't know who else to talk to. I had only had one friend who had ever been. And so I'm like, fuck it. I gotta message this guy. Like he seems to know what he's talking about. And so I just damned you or I um voice messaged you this long voice message explaining everything. And you so quickly got back and you said, you're fine. You talked me through it. Um, You gave me context as to what was going on. You just said, I'm here. You need anything, you know, whatever it is. And so that's really when we started to talk a lot.
0: Well, that's, and that's also how I would have treated any friend that was going through that situation. It was just, and not that I have like the most ayahuasca experience. I most definitely don't, but I do have a pretty solid understanding of like what's going on, what's normal, what's not normal, what's a little bit intense, but also normal. Like there's, you know, I've been around enough people. That's one thing about being around people that have done it a lot for years and years is that you just hear enough stories to know like, okay, this isn't the first time this is happening. Where have I done it one weekend and you sent me that. I'd be like, "Oh my god, go to the hospital!" Like, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, uh, you're having a stroke, actually. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things where it's like that happens. I've been around people that have had that like, similar experiences. Yada yada yada. Like, just breathe, take it easy. Like, it's gonna be a lot. Like, you're you know, you're shaking a lot of shit. You mm-hmm. know, is what it is. Um, but that's when we started talking a lot. It was so funny because I started listening to your podcast and like Dr. Letkos was on there and I was like, listen, I was learning about stuff that I like wasn't that interested in, but I just wanted to hear what you were about uh, and learned a lot. It was fun. And I would like talk to you about your episodes when I was in the gym and I'd be like listening to, I was like listening to Dr. Letkos like while doing bench press, which I felt was like really odd. And I remember talking to you about that. (laughs) We were just voice noting all the time and it wasn't that we didn't like want to talk on the phone or that we were avoiding it. It just like, it was cool to have like talk for three minutes and just like say all the things you're thinking without somebody actually being there and they can listen to it whenever. they want or save it and they get to respond in their own time. You're having like a, essentially a phone call that lasted weeks. Mm-hmm. So that was really, that was really cool. I thought that was a really unique way that I'd never really even voice noted much until, until then. Yeah. That was like my first time really using that feature.
1: <laughs> same, same. And we just kept having more and more conversations. We would talk all day long. We were sharing everything and it was, it was really fun and it was really just easy. And so I started feeling feelings and was like, oh shit. this guy's actually really great and I could feel it back from you. And so we had planned to record. I remember I think it was March 22nd was the day we were supposed to record for both shows. I was coming down to San Diego and we were going to record both in person. And I couldn't stop thinking about you. I was just like, I am falling for this guy. I don't even know him. And this is insane and also feels really normal and easy. And so I remember I was on my couch one night. I was watching the... Winnie the Pooh Christopher Robin movie. Oh,
0: this movie's so good.
1: And I'm on the couch and I had had like two glasses of wine. And so I'm, you know, feeling really brave. And I am just like texting you, I want to see you before we're supposed to record. I said, I something like, I have to meet you. And so you were like, Yeah, I would really like that too. So we set up to meet and have a date. And we met in Laguna Beach. At sunset with a picnic on a like private little sandy beach area that my friends live in this little closed off neighborhood and they let us have access so we could go. And the night before I went to meet you, I had a dream that we were in a farmer's market and I was turned away and you came and bumped into me and I just knew I was like, oh, my God. This is, this is him. And the feeling I had was such a feeling of home. I think we hugged in the dream. And I just felt like I had like finally come home. I felt so at ease and peaceful and my body was just vibrating. And so the next day when I was waiting at the beach and you had been running late and I had breakfast with my parents that morning, There was was an
0: accident on the five. So it was like, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It took you like
1: three hours or something. And I had been with my parents telling them about you. I'm like, this guy is different. I don't know what it is, but my body can't stop shaking. I'm just like, and it's not the ayahuasca anymore. Now it's something else. And I was just so excited. I remember when you parked and they came out to meet you and you started walking towards me and my stomach just dropped and I hugged you. And it was the same feeling I had from the dream the night before. It was home and it was like, this is it. And it was so incredible because I knew I was already like madly in love with you and just thought you were just fucking everything. And yeah, what's your side of that part of the story?
0: So I had to like, before, when I knew we were gonna meet, I had to, I was like, I need to walk into this thing like with as much space as possible. Cause I didn't want, cause I was like dating, I was like casually dating like three different people and not in a dickish way. It was like, everybody knew about everybody else. It wasn't like, it was just, that's where we were. Nobody was taking it too super serious, but I needed to like have those conversations beforehand. All but one of them. I had one like, so it was somebody I was like seeing pretty regularly and she was really great. She was really sweet. And we had, we were having a great time, whatever. But um, I hadn't seen her much when we were like the week leading up to when we had met. So I had to like have a talk and then have another talk. And this was like the days before, like two days before I was like, I just need to go. Co- need- These things obviously aren't that substantial because I'm not even, they're not on my mind, but they're, they were worth, ha- I had to have a conversation. So I yeah. had to have a couple conversations and then just wanted to walk into that with as much kind of, and um even the other person that I had the conversation with later, like knew it was coming. Right. Cause we had, I had talked about you and like, that I think I might have feelings for this person. And it was, that was, it was the type of relationship where I could like have that conversation with somebody, even though it wasn't an easy one to have. So there was all of this that had to happen in like the three days leading up to it. Cause we didn't, it wasn't a lot of time between planning it and doing the thing. So um, yeah, I was having to do that. And then it was just, all these things were happening. my life was also moving so fast and things were happening. And I was, you know, I was like, it was a lot, but I knew it was like substantial. It just felt substantial. Like I've had this, I had this feeling when like something's about to happen, that's going to change everything. Only a few times in my life, maybe like three. Um, one was like the first reading, reading I had with Paul Selig. It was very similar to that experience. Like I'm about to do a thing. And after this thing is done, things are going to be different now. Like it was just, a weird, but it's like I didn't. It wasn't like a, a thought. It was like a feeling. You know what I mean. So that didn't really happen until after I left. I had a little bit of that, but after I left is when I was like, okay, this is something's different. Like I'm different now. Things are different. It was just weird. It was like a weird shift. Um, but I guess we can talk about like the experience on the beach, hanging out. Yeah, because I was pretty. I remember be, I was like kind of picky on like what kind of picnic food we were gonna have. And you we you told me what you brought, and I was like, oh my god, this is perfect.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like all like paleo you were very treats. excited. Yeah, it was everything you would. <laughs> you like, like went to it's like, looks like It looks like our
0: refrigerator now yeah. that like we haven't changed since then no, as far we have as our it. food
1: um yeah I mean for me I was so nervous like I was just shaking I was already in love with you I'm like I'm meeting someone for the first time and I am already very sure I am in love with this person and I just really wanted you to be awesome like I was so nervous Um, But at the same point, I just had this kind of knowing that everything was going to be good and so fun. And we just talked for hours. I think we were out there for six hours just talking. And then I remember you, you like had me straddle you, but almost like we were both just facing each other with our legs open, Mm -hmm. Uh, like when you're stretching like little kids and we were sitting like that. And I remember that's when you kissed me. It's when we were sitting that way. You like pulled my hands in towards you and kissed me. Oh my God. I can feel it right now. Oh, (laughs) my whole body. It was the fucking best kiss ever because it wasn't, you know, kissing is awesome. And there are great people making out and all the things. But that was like the kiss that for me i guess that's like everything just was like stars and you know ufo's and aliens and unicorns and no i just i felt everything my whole body was like fuck yes please more need yes yeah. mary this one <laughs> dcz dc's your brain brain <laughs> um <laughs> so i don't know the whole time i mean we talked about everything we talked about really really personal things that you don't really talk about on a first date we it wasn't a first i mean it was a first know, time we but, met, but
0: it, we've been talking for so long it felt like yes but still it was the first date yeah
1: and we literally laid everything on the table and i was like here i am here i am okay do you want me is this what you want to sign up for yes okay let's do it and then connor was like so i just want to know what this is you know well i was confused Jumping the gun there. I wasn't jumping. What shit. are we like? Is this a relationship? Not, that's that literally not what Connor how said. How it happened?
0: <laughs> I was like, so what do we do? Because we obviously didn't live. I lived in San Diego and you are North County, and you lived in L.A. And it was just like, I don't, what do we like, what, how uh, my thought was, that's exactly how he was, by the way. Yeah. Huh, so, um, huh. <laughs> my, And what I really should have said is like, marry me. No, <laughs> here's this ring pop. Yeah. Um, I was basically what I was asking was like, how serious are we taking this? Yeah. Cause you would just come out of a relationship all this other stuff I was it was it was more of you a, had which was a red flag for you for sure 1 million percent of course it you was. were like oh okay well and also like I'm not down to if I'm like gonna invest time in, like I don't mind being someone's rebound if I like know I'm someone's rebound yeah you know what I'm saying it's mm-hmm. like I don't like whatever like I, I'm, I'm actually pretty good in that role of for somebody you know what I'm saying yeah, it's like I would imagine it's like yeah okay like I'm not attached to this but I can like pretend for a little while it makes you feel better and uh, we both benefit from it and if it sets you back on a better trajectory and I feel like it's a healthy thing then cool you know you're healing Palo Santo dick oh my god (laughs) Uh, but I've also been, I've been in that situation. Like I have that personality. Therefore I end up in that situation. Mm -hmm. Not, not like a stretch to say that. Um, so for me, it was more of a, how I didn't mind that. And I was obviously into you, but I wanted, I just wanted to know what I was signing up for as far as like where you were at. It wasn't like a, let's make this Facebook official type of situation. Like, that's not what I was, that's not what I was saying, even though it may have sounded that way. Right. That was my like intention and which makes total sense. And it's a very responsible and respectful thing to do. Well, and then he moved in a month later. So it, was, it wasn't a month later. Yeah. It was like two months later. It's Kelly's like, I, so I had already, I had my goal when I left Austin was to move to LA. And actually
1: house, I think it was. Two months, because was it right before or after Costa Rica?
0: It was after. Okay, then it was two months.
1: Damn, I've been li- saying you've been lying for like a year. No, and now. because
0: you're you had you had your past life regressionist saying like don't move in in a month. Oh, so we had that like like we, we right. had this whole oh
1: my god in Hawaii
0: we had this whole we had this whole conversation about waiting longer than a month to move in together. Yes. So we waited two months. Yes. But you also I was I was
1: my past life regressionist. Do you know how stupid that sounds? What oh my you, God. I'm going to do a, a better help ad in like 10 minutes. And that is amazing. <laughs> Here, let me talk to my therapist. No, my past life regressionist. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know why. I think Which that's was also so funny. very a very funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh wait, he
1: did it. He did a reading for both of us together, right? Oh no, he did it for me. And then I called you and it was for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am so crazy. Okay, go on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a whole thing. And I was like, that's fine. And you were telling me this and I'm like, okay, like that's cool. <laughs> like I'm, I'm straight. But no. I, my whole goal in leaving in leaving Austin was to move to LA. So mm-hmm. I, w- I, I put in a six weeks notice at my apartment or at my house that I was living in, which was just like, that's, that was the requirement. And I knew I had, you know, I had six weeks until they found somebody else. So they could start looking for someone else. It wasn't like I was ready to leave right then. But then I think you assumed that that meant I was moving in with you. And I was thinking about moving into. You're like, I, I gave was,
1: no- notice at my apartment and I'm like, okay.
0: But I was looking at apartments and um, and like mother-in-law houses and I, I was looking at other places to live. I wasn't planning on moving in with you. And you then, never told me that. Yeah, I had like a list. I was looking You've at,
1: literally never said yeah. that
0: before until right now. Well, cause you made a, fuck, you did what you did. And you do what you do, which is like, take control of the situation and like start making a bunch of plans. <laughs> and I was like, all right, whatever. And I didn't know enough to did like- Did I really? Yes. I'm sorry. 100%. Did and I ruin then, your plan? And then, and then you blame it on me for moving in with you. And I'm like, you basically forced me to move in with you. Like you didn't give me an option. <laughs> You would, no. have, you would have ended this you that's have, some bullshit ladies you have, and you know it you would have ended this if I would have been like uh, I'm moving over I'm moving to uh, over here to what's it called uh, I want to say Lana Del Rey but that's not right um, <laughs> Marina
1: Del Rey, Marina Del Rey. <laughs>
0: I'm moving in with Lana Del Rey yeah I would have ended it <laughs> <laughs> no but I was yeah I was looking oh wow I had a few friends that lived in that area See
1: another way I manipulated and controlled the situation without oh you told me you took the reins on the whole and then rejected all the blame onto you for uh, two years straight
0: I'm like and every time you say that we moved in together in a month and then I like told you I was like I didn't say any of those things like literally none of those things happened but I just like let you believe it because it's kind of funny (laughs) because you every time you say it I'm like that's not how that happened at all like I was I was like and I I was I had the Costa Rica the, the trip to down to Costa Rica a plan. Mm-hmm. So I was like gonna make for the first time, I was gonna make like five figures in one experience. Yeah. Which I was like, that's what I was gonna move shift into doing more like a couple of those a year, just because that would added some again. I would my goal was like my I think my intention for that year was like stability. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can I can pay for a fucking fifteen hundred dollar studio, which sucks, but I'm gonna do it. And I had my deposit money now. So I had my situation set up where I could I could afford it. And I was like, and living here will give me access to things that will help me make more money, right? I had um, a few people that lived in that area, like I said, so it was like that was where I was planning on going. I wasn't planning on moving to Westwood and living in that part, but it just it just worked out that way. And and we were already spending like I think during that process, I started spending the weekends with you,
1: and I was spending weekends with you,
0: and we and it like worked out, yeah. It was like, it was, it started feeling more natural, mm-hmm. you know? And we were like grocery shopping together and whatever. And like, st- working just, out and yeah. yeah, going to the gym together. And so it, so it all, it ended up like feeling really good, but that but that was not the plan when I gave notice at all.
1: Wow. Okay. See, this is why we record. Cause this is the only time you ever tell me anything. But I was
0: looking at places that I could get a shorter <laughs> lease because in case yeah. we decided we wanted to do something or move into a new place or do whatever we were going to do, which mm-hmm. I'm really glad we didn't. And you were also looking at buying a house at that time. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So that was a thing that we were, you know, I was like, well, if that's the case. And we'll we'll probably wait till she does that and then move in together in, in her house. Type mm-hmm. of thing. So there was a lot of, a lot of moving parts, but you keep saying that you make you you make it so simple as like, I was like, I'm moving in with you now. And that's like, by no means. So that funny.
1: So right after we did the beach, the next day we talked and I was, I, all I wanted was to be around you after that. I was like, I need to be around him. Well, our and podcast was like three days, later, yeah, three days later in San Diego. And so I messaged you and I said, hey, what do you think about me coming down to San Diego before our podcast and staying for a few days? You were like, yes. So I came down on Monday, didn't
0: I? Uh, I don't know what day it was. But I it think it was there,
1: the really. next day. Or maybe it was Tuesday. Anyways, I came down. Yeah, it was. I came down Tuesday and we were meant to podcast Wednesday and... I got a hotel in San Diego just because I wasn't, I honestly happy to bone you, but wasn't trying to sleep with you that at that time. (laughs) And so I got a hotel room thinking we would stay in separate places. And of course, the second you came to me, we didn't separate for three days straight. Yeah. And stayed at the hotel together. And we just talked and you actually shared your Paul Selig reading recording with me. I played that for you. Within like 20 minutes of getting to the hotel. Yeah. And you cried. Wouldn't I cry? During it? Oh, I did? Yeah. Wow. And it was like this beautiful moment. And apparently you crying makes me horny because then we had sex.
0: <laughs> well, then we Shortly had sex, which after. was the really interesting thing because yeah. I had done ayahuasca. What was that? How how far before was that? When I did you that went trip?
1: November and this was March. Yeah. So five
0: months. So I been, but I had had this experience. So I had this crazy. I, we're all over the place, by the way. This is whatever. great. Um, I had, had this crazy ayahuasca experience, one of the most profound experiences of my life. And my intention going in. So a lot of times when you do ayahuasca. I recommend like teach me or show me or grid like starters for that way. It leaves it open, like mm-hmm. show me or teach me or something. show
1: me what I meant to see. That's yeah. what mine
0: is. Yeah. But like mine was, it's like, it, it could be anything like my purpose, my, you know, my, like my shadow was one I've done before. Um, but I said like, show me my heart because I was feeling, I used to do these meditations where I could get really get into like my heart space. Right and that was really important for me at the time but I had kind of lacked access to that and I was also meditating more at that time so it was really that was something that was really important to me so I had that intention going into this ayahuasca experience but what happened was I went in and I had just started I had this experience where I just kept dying over and over again as different people like like being like brutally murdered or starving to death or being like a Vietnam citizen being shot like an innocent civilian being shot by like American soldiers in the Vietnam War like all just like crazy shit oh more than I can remember but it was just over and over and over again for hours. And it was gnarly. But then at the end of the, at the end of the experience, because if anybody out there has done ayahuasca, you can, you kind of lose yourself. Like you kind of forget who you are. Like by the end of that, especially experience like that, where things happen so fast, you kind of forget that you exist. And that's where I was at. So I remember coming out of it kind of, and starting getting my bearings back and I felt my arm and I always feel like I used to, when I was competitive athlete, like my arms were bigger, I was like a little more bloated. I was like a thicker, a thick boy, you know, and I remember feeling the skin on my arm, how it's a little looser than it used to be. And like, I used to always give myself shit about that because I'd gotten so like what I considered small, <laughs> it's my body dysfor- dysphoria or whatever it's called. Dysmorphia. Dysmorphia. And uh, I was like laughing about it. So I was like following my left arm of my body, just kind of like pulling on my skin, just like laughing. And then I remember putting my hand on my chest and like feeling my heartbeat and having that contrast with having died over and over again, dozens of times or whatever, and feeling my heart, like my physical heart, not my like metaphysical heart, my like physical heart beating and just just had this way like overwhelming wave of gratitude mm. and just started sobbing right of course and i'm just like just grateful to be alive and that was just such a beautiful, it's like 99% of that experience was fucking terrible. But the last 1% was like, made it all worth it. And then I had a, this, this like blue, it was like a, a dark face, but it had like blue lines all over it, like glowing. And it was cool. It was like a design on this face. And it just popped up in front of me and said, a warrior stands up for their people. And I was like, okay. Like I, it, didn't, it didn't seem out of context. And that was uh, So I was having these like brief visions at the end of this thing. And then I saw this Me and Mike Salimi were talking about this because we both had a very similar like 99% dark, 1% light that like over that over, you know, took over the whole entire thing. And then I remember seeing this, this woman and I couldn't really, exp- it was like hard to explain like a woman's figure without, cause I didn't know who it was. I couldn't even see a face. I just saw like dark hair, like midway down, like the back, like to the, the uh, like the top of your shoulder blades type of thing, or pat- like halfway through your shoulder blades, kind of that length. Like and I was telling Mike, I'm like big hips, like medium sized tits. Like, I don't know. I couldn't tell how tall It was just like, I just had this figure in my mind, right? Cause I'd seen it at the end of this experience and it was just out of fucking nowhere. Like didn't make any sense. Didn't fit into any like, narrow narrative that sometimes that happens. Like you put together a narrative on ayahuasca. This was just like, just this is random thing that I saw right when I closed my eyes. And then the first time we had slept together, you like got out of the bed. You were fucking standing there with your hair down your back, like looking at me in the same way this fucking figure did in this experience. And I was like, Oh my God, it was just like, the, it all clicked. I didn't say, <laughs> I don't think I said anything at the time, but no it, later on, but it freaked me out for a little bit. I was mm-hmm. like, that was super weird, but that also like was another, you know, like it put the dots together a little bit for me.
1: More confirmation.
0: It was, but it was strange. It Mm -hmm. was, I never had something like that projected into my like real life. You Mm -hmm. know, I've had crazy visions about past stuff, especially, but not And like put the pieces together to some things, but never for future. (laughs) It was very strange.
1: So I had, when I was in Hawaii, which was right. Was it before we met?
0: Yeah. uh, No, it was before we met. It was before we met in
1: real life. I was in Hawaii and you went to a wedding with Lindsay. And you text me a picture of yourself. You sent me a selfie in your blue suit and your hair was cut. And I remember exactly where I was sitting on the beach in Hawaii. It was early in the morning. And I said, oh, my God, it's him. Because my past life regressionist, (laughs) Yarun, had done a past life regression with me in August of that year before. And I saw the future, which is very rare to do. And I saw me in my house with my husband and my child. And my husband looked exactly like you. And it was insane when I saw that selfie because it was like my whole life flashed before my eyes. And I was like, it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. And I told you, I remember voice texting you, telling you this whole thing. And you were like, oh, shit. And then a week later is when we met. And then you had that experience. Trip, dude. It was so wild. So weird. So... After we had our first date, and then I went to San Diego for a few days, like we were pretty hot and heavy, like things were happening. And over the next month or so, we were spending every weekend together. We went to Joshua Tree.
0: Oh, we did. You did mushrooms. And for the first I did time.
1: mushrooms for the first time. And we walked through Joshua Tree together. And I remember pausing in this canyon. Oh yeah, that was a, that was fun. And I started pacing. <laughs> And I was walking towards you, and then I'd be like, nope. And then I turn around and then I walk back and then walk back. And I did this for probably 20 minutes. Who knows? 30 seconds on mushrooms, but felt like 20 minutes. And I finally, and I couldn't look you in the eyes. And I finally got back to my side and I bent over and I just started sobbing. And what I heard was, you get to either choose this new life with this new man or you get to have what you used to have. Do you want this new life or do you want the old life? And I was basically pacing back and forth trying to decide what I wanted. And I chose you in the end. And I walked towards you and I gave you the biggest kiss. And you were like, "What was that about?" Or I don't even know if you asked me, but I told I ended up telling you. I don't
0: think I asked you about it.
1: Yeah. You didn't say one thing the whole time. You just stood there and watched me, which was kind of creepy.
0: I wasn't, I was I was looking at something else. Yeah. I was actually thinking about bugs.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: I was, I was, I was thinking about how you can tell a lot about a person by the way they treat bugs, like harmless bugs. I was, and I was just watching this little like flying thing, like fly, it was like messing with me and I was like watching, you know, I've always had like little living things like messing with you when you're on mushrooms. It's always like, it's like they know and they're like fucking with Mm -hmm. you. And I was like laughing at it, but then I looked at you and make sure you were cool, Mm -hmm. and it's not back to doing what I was doing. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and then I also was like processing. A breakup and everything around that and w- which was really heavy and i told you about it as i was like feeling it which was a lot to share it was really beautiful and then you were sharing a bunch of stuff that was coming up for you i think you cried a few times and the whole time though i just kept feeling like we've done this before and i think i was telling you that too i've walked in this desert with you before we've been the only people around before this is what we do and i've had that feeling a few times since then of just this knowing of, wow, we've done this before and we've done it together. To like traverse this land and this way of living. I don't know, it was really cool. I just remember not wanting to leave you that day.
0: We talked on the phone like the whole way home. The
1: whole way home.
0: Yeah. yeah It was weird because we were like driving behind, we went and had like coffee and like a smoothie oh, or whatever yeah. we did. Yeah, we mm-hmm. had like a whole day after that. And then we drove in and we were driving like you were going to LA and I was going to San Diego and we like yeah. split and I was like sad. yeah <laughs> But I remember I wanted to play a part of this song. That's what I was looking for over oh. here. And if we can get it, uh, this is the right one.
1: Fall asleep inside. You're the one,
0: you're the one,
1: you're the one. one. (laughs) Hearts growing, hearts until hearts become one.
0: found that song right when we met and I was like okay but yeah
1: yeah that was
0: we were like holding hands it was very sweet yeah. it was a very beautiful moment one of the most beautiful moments in my life I'd say on really? the pch the sun was going down we also saw some banging sunsets Babe, the first couple sun, weeks we were beaches
1: and sunsets was like our love language together it was those so first cool. couple months
0: it was really cute it was really special and then yeah we moved in together and things I think after that it, everybody knows kind of what yeah happened. I think
1: we can briefly recap so we move in together. We do somatic therapy together that summer, which was super intense. Then we do my big event together in LA. Oh, it yeah, really became right like ours, marriage. which yeah. was so cool. Ceremony Wellness Live.
0: And, the, and See Daddy's Boho Lounge.
1: With Lynn's. That was amazing. <laughs> um, But that was really a big deal and a big undertaking. And so grateful we got to do that together. That was really special. And then, so during this process, the weekend before the event... We fly to Denver to look at houses and find the house that we want, put the offer in, get the house. So the day after the event, we start packing up our entire lives and you had just moved in. I've been there for six months. Well, yeah, but like.
0: That's not that long. Yeah, but I also didn't have a lot of stuff. I was no, packed up no. in like two hours. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so we pack up and that next weekend we drive to Denver and we closed on our house. We were in an Airbnb here for a week and we closed on our house a week later. It was like a three week process, which was insane. And then we moved in here.
0: That's how that's where we're recording from right now.
1: Yeah. So we have our studio downstairs. And, and then it, COVID happened. And then COVID happened and
0: <laughs> we you were...
1: completely changed your trajectory. We launched Soulfire Productions, which we had been talking about since the summer, then finally started building it in November and then launched in January of twenty twenty. And so we both kind of went into that and and then all the tragedy and hard stuff we've talked about before yeah. throughout the year. And I think You know, it's interesting to be recording this right now because I said this in bed last night. I said, I am so happy. I'm so, so happy. And after everything that we went through over the last year to be in this place, it's a reminder that life can be so fun and so good. Mm Mm-hmm. And you said last night in bed something along the lines of, "What did you say?" I'm gonna let you say. No, I
0: just said like things are really great, and I hope I don't like fall off a cliff and die, and I'll be really sad.
1: You just kept saying like this is a really healthy relationship. Like I hope I don't fuck this up. Like this is really healthy. I don't
0: like fuck it up. It's in like no, yeah. And I said, and "Are like, you gonna
1: self sabotage this?" And you're like, "No, I just don't want to die." And and then I'll be like, "Damn, that was really cool."
0: Yeah, no, I'll be like, "No, not now."
1: Yeah. It's just interesting. I I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I was talking to our friend Amy yesterday when we were hunting, she was just saying, you and Connor have been through so much in such a short amount of time. And I said, yeah. And the way we kept responding and choosing to show up and, and all of those things, we were able to bond and grow together through tragedy, like as individuals and as a couple, rather than what could have completely destroyed us.
0: Yeah. I mean, between COVID and Remy and your mom, so many things like it just has been been crazy. crazy. Yeah.
1: But I don't know. It's it's so fun to be here. I'm so excited to be here. And having gone through all of this and this episode's coming out a couple of days before Valentine's Day. This is right around when we launched the show a year ago. Mm. So it's amazing to tell this story now. Um, and reflect on where we are and just all the cool shit we're doing. I told you this is one of the, been the, one of the best weeks of my entire life. And I feel like some massive things shifted within me. And you had said this, you felt that way about this month. So, And Theo just making noise on the show. But I don't know. Yeah, he's got to make an appearance. It's awesome to reflect on how much we've done and what we've been through because you can have a deeper appreciation for everything you've done to make something work and allow it to work and have fun along the way.
0: Yeah. And a lot's changed. Like this is not like our relationship's been like, Oh, it's been the same as when it started. Like it changes all the time.
1: Well, didn't you say too, you're like, I, I said something like, did you ever think it would be like this? And you said, no. And that's how I feel. And it's crazy how much it's changed.
0: uh, Also, one of the best things I think that this is something that I've pretty like dig my heels in on is that having expectations about how things are going to be is kind of naive and not helpful. Mm -hmm. It's just not a, it's just not a productive mindset when it comes to relationships. Things are just gonna, it's like you gotta have you gotta give yourself a lot of wiggle room to change and grow, or else you're just setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. And yeah. some people don't do that. Some people thrive with the with that structure. I just that's not how I see myself being in a relationship. And I think it's been it's created a lot of space for both of us to have a good time and figure things out along the way, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. <sighs> well, that was fun. That was so that's fun. It.
1: That's it.
0: That's where we're at. Make sure to review that's, that's the show love story. everybody. If you dig this, you know, just send somebody a pitch email and you never know what can happen (laughs) but no for real review the show share it if you love it we appreciate the hell out of you guys
1: thanks y'all love you
0: bye